Hey Flo. Hey everyone. Hey Ash. Welcome to 2023. Yeah, it's 2023, and welcome back, listeners of the podcast, right? Yeah, Especially welcome. those guys in Canada. Well, especially the guys in Canada, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we really appreciate oh. you guys. That's why we have to call you out. How long can we reference the Spotify about this week, results? I think we're done with like referencing thank you guys in Canada. We've thanked you. Now we've got to tell. It's 2023, oh. and you know the key thing about this episode, Flo, as you were saying, is we need to reflect on yeah. um, the things that we could be doing better, things that were wrong, and before yeah. we start into the new year. And did I miss it? So we wanted to bring you that, and we'll do in a second, right? So so you're listening to, to Ash and Flow in the present, if you will. We'll cut over to ourselves from the past in a little bit, because we pre-recorded an episode for you guys about the key mistakes to avoid, or the key stuff mm-hmm. to step away from in yeah. professional services marketing in 2023. We'll get to that in a bit. But before, I think since you thank the Canadians, I just wanted to, again, say thank you to all of you who listened to the show throughout the past year, 2022, right? Which was yeah. wild for many reasons. So we hope you'll stick around for 2023, which we'll kick off with the pre-recorded episode. Because as you and I are in fact still enjoying our break. break. Uh, today we'll record, yep. we'll come back, sorry, to, to our regular weekly schedule next week, which is the week of, what is that, January 9th, right? Yes, right? and I also yeah. want to add, like, since we're soon coming into two years of us doing this podcast, if you guys have any burning topics or anything really interesting that you want us to cover feel free to hit us on linkedin or any of our socials and we'd be happy to talk about it because even if it's like you know taking stuff from the past or things that you think hey this was valid in 2021 what do you think about it right now in 23 because as we all know a third of the world is entering recession and times like and what do you say shareholders are losing profits and things like that so as marketers who work for big or small companies people will be tightening the budgets people will be focusing on various things so if you have any questions or if you want us to cover key topics or if you want us to revisit something with a fresh lens let us know and we are happy to do that yeah because yeah this year as you you hinted at it this podcast is about how to get good, right? To borrow the gaming mm-hmm. phrase at professional services marketing. This year is probably the year to do it quickly. <laughs> I would yes. Guess. So, yes. if you feel like there have been there are bases we haven't covered, I do write now. Honestly, actually, and we can tap this later. But I did. I do have a, a few. I've heard from one or two listeners ago. Some of these. One of those has a slight sneak peek, right? One of those has to do with partner marketing. Right. I think you and I know a few things about, like, if you are consulting from partners with a technology vendor or something of that sort, how would you structure those things? So, and the types of that nature are things which you can talk about and as we go into the year. But I think for now, right, should we roll the theme song and get, get into it? Yes. Let's cue the team. Let's cue to Dakota. All right, cool. From the home offices of Ash and Flow, this is Unbillable Hours, a podcast about professional services marketing. Stick around and listen to our insights, tips, and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career.
So yeah, I, I think you wanted to like make fun of, well, not exactly make fun of. We, we all know the issues with AI. We can talk more about that on a oh. different episode, but... Yeah. You use AI for some content in this episode, didn't you? Yeah, honestly. So as yourself and probably everybody else listening to this, we've been playing around with the GPT chat. I have been a user of other writing AIs, like the GPT language model. You can get Jasper and other bits for quite a bit. And uh, But the chat GPT thing was so hyped, so we thought we couldn't ignore it. So what we did was what every other podcast does these days, which is we gave it prompts to help us write this episode. Right? Because that's been done before, and because the results of the chatbots, while impressive, typically are superficial, not quite complete. We will use this exactly the way which I recommend to clients they use these technologies, which is you give it a prompt, you have it write up your stuff, and then you look at what it gives you. And if you think what it's given you is good and you could almost use it, I highly recommend you go back to your desk and continue to think a bit more and a bit harder about what you were going to say, because by definition, the AI cannot give you something uh, new and, well, new and original that also is productive, right? So you have things, write it, and you sit down, you look at it, and you think, what's missing here? Yeah. Or is something that I think is wrong? And then these points are your most valuable content, because obviously what the AI just wrote is generated on reams of existing data, so stuff other people have thought about or written before. Mm -hmm. If you find gaps in that, obviously that is your original contribution to the conversation, right? Yeah, I'm, there's not, always... I'm not denying that the AI is a super helpful tool in that process, and I would recommend you use it. I would never recommend having it write something and then just using whatever it wrote and use that as your... Yeah, so oh, uh, I, I want to like just add not. in, add in that the AI is useful to find out what went wrong with your hypothesis, what is not exactly working, and what's missing. Never use it clearly as this is your final thesis. It isn't that way. It's just you've got a set of constraints, you've got a set of in bits of information that you want to build something out of. You don't have enough time. It can generate that stuff for you, and then you look at it and say, okay, this is not quite correct. Yeah. Certain assumptions are not right and then come up with stuff. It's not going to give you a finalized input. It can give you like middle paragraphs and stuff for certain things that you're doing probably, but it cannot give you like yeah. something that you can put in front of a client, for instance. Yeah. So maybe how's this for a metaphor? If this was not marketing content you were supposed to produce, but a dissertation for university, you should what you should be doing is not use the AI to write the actual dissertation because that's your job to do the thinking. But you could use it to give you an overview of the literature, like the stuff that's in this field around the topic you're concerned with has been written before, because that's how that's where it takes the information from. It gives yes. you as the output. So it's a very helpful way to use it for that and save a ton of time for that, because you get an immediate feeling of what exists in terms of thinking and then build from there. Gee, it took us. See, we said we didn't want to nerd out about the GPT thing. No, no we can talk um, about it another time. But let's get into what did it give you? Yeah, so I prompted it and I said, hey, give me a possible outline for a 20-minute podcast episode about the biggest mistakes in professional services marketing. So it gave me five as a return, five mistakes, right? I'm, I can yeah. read those and you can, or we can respond and then, then we just... Yeah, just let's play it by... Uh, go yeah, ahead. so, so mistake number one, not understanding your target audience, uh, discuss... Oh, it's so it's giving me tips for what to do in the pocket. So, Ash, we should discuss the importance of understanding your target audience and the consequences of not doing so 
such as targeting the wrong people or failing to connect with potential clients. 100% correct, totally obvious. And this is what I mean by superficial. I mean, it's true for every type of marketing work, but there's no- It's not just the marketing work. Consulting firms, it's, right? it's true for the tactical aspects of marketing. Like yeah. when you're writing your communications and building content and you're doing everything, you have to speak in terms of the audience. Yeah. But I mean, sometimes, yeah. yeah. I, I was just going to add that like a lot of times when it comes to communication, because a lot of business leads want certain specific things to be said outside or inside, and they want to say a number of things versus they want to talk about it in a way that the audience will listen. This is where marketing comes in. I actually want to add into this. It's not just understanding your target audience. It's actually advising your business partners on how to communicate to your target audience, because ultimately, if you're trying to sell anyone something, it's got to be about what do they need or what do you think they need? Not about like, I've got all these things and I think this is what it is. Yeah. But I mean, it's, all that is true, right? And I think it's a good mistake to call out. We've talked about this and on, yeah. and on this show. What is interesting then, and I did, this is not in the script here, I did this as an aside. I continued in my conversation with the AI, I asked it, why do the firms struggle to understand their target audience? And it listed a bunch of perfect reasons, which you could also apply everywhere. So it, it ends in the, and this is the way you should be using these, these engines, quickly generate yeah. the structure for you, but the substance, because there's particular reasons for why consulting firms are bad mm -hmm. at being the target audience, FOMO, right? Fear of missing out and trying to serve as many people in a given segment as they possibly can is one of them, very particular to this industry. But that you would you'd have to come up with that to, to add more substance to the points. But anyways, I'm rambling again. So sorry, so go back. So mistake number one, correct, but not very yeah. deep, right? Mistake mm -hmm. number two, failing to differentiate your services. Explain the importance of differentiating your services from competitors, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's another, yeah. Cool, not wrong, very generic though. Yeah, it is, yeah, cool. Moving on to three, which I think that's very on the money, not having a clear value proposition, right? Which consultants rarely have, and we have created entire episodes about this. So I'm fully on board with this. And I think we talk about this in the context of your capabilities should not be very your value mm -hmm. proposition, right? If you say we do digital transformation consulting, that's not the value proposition. You need something better. <laughs> but yes. you can go back into the episode catalog to, you know. I would guess that every second episode or so, we, talk, we touch upon this. Anyways. We so, do, actually. We're gone. Mistake number four, not having a consistent brand identity. Explain the importance of having a consistent brand identity and the impact of not doing so. Now, this is where I disagree a little bit because you can go a long way before having a consistent brand identity. I'm guessing you probably do three to five million in revenue with your firm before you invest in a consistent brand identity. I don't know. I've known guys who've built two and a half, three million dollar practices without even having a website. So it's not wrong in that the bigger you get, the more. Well, becomes, isn't it? But I'm not sure it's in the top mistakes, honestly. Well, the only thing there is sometimes brand identity is the individual's personality. So if these guys have managed to build the relationships and got their own personal branding. They don't really, they just need to like slowly transfer the equity to the company brand. So consistent brand identity is important, but it, I wouldn't just say that's like a starting thing that you need. That's something yeah, agree. Agree, that's agree. something that does need to come in when the company starting is ready to start like 
you know, building their marketing funnel and practice. Yeah. Initially, it's a matter of like survival and getting as many jobs as possible. And at that point, having consistent brand identity doesn't make a lot of sense because you've got to keep trying to figure out what you're making work. So yeah, it is a mistake, but not the beginning times for... It's also not something you can easily start to just stop yeah. doing in 2023. I mean, you could start building a brand identity, not discussing that. But anyway, save that for later. I think, and then mistake number five is this vanilla as they can come, not leveraging online marketing. Yeah, that is a mistake in a day and age where 80% of buyers, you know, research on their own time and start that on the web. That's obvious, but okay, fair enough to mention it. So those are the five the AI gave us, just uh, rolling through again, not understanding your target audience, failing to mm -hmm. differentiate your services, not having a clear value proposition, not having a consistent brand identity, and not leveraging online marketing. Should we get into what we think the real stuff we all should stop doing is, or yes. start doing. Um, like, what as, are the as things that... I've heard on this show throughout the year and from various guests and from mm -hmm. guests amongst ourselves. Yeah, I think, honest, and honestly, we talk about this all the time, and I still think it's the most important thing I always run into. It's just a great mistake is not to work, not to set aside time and to put in some effort to build understanding and clarity around the role of marketing in the firm. Yeah. Because I yesterday again I had a conversation with marketing teams always tell me, well, we have issues, you know, the business this is not their exact words, but essentially the situation is business doesn't respect them, doesn't see them as a strategic function that sees eye to eye and so forth. And then when I ask, okay, but how often have you discussions around the firm's core business metrics and what your role in driving forward those metrics is? The answer is often that these discussions don't happen. And I think that's where it starts. If you're not doing those, that it's on you if the business doesn't take you seriously because you're not inserting yourself in the right kinds of conversations. And I think you and I did an entire episode on the unit economics or just understanding the basic business KPIs, right? And I think that would be my recommendation is next year, start to get a clear view on which core business metrics you can help influence as marketing, right? So we talk about stuff like pipeline growth. We talk about stuff like sales cycling. We talk about stuff like win rate. All these things. I think we've got a number of episodes to put in the show. Now, yeah. My yeah. We can put these. And once you have that understanding, discuss with the business, right? That that you could help with those and how that might work. And then I also think, and I don't know if you've said that as often, but it's also cool to, once you're clear, you know, which, where you will apply some marketing pressure on, on which mm -hmm. KPIs, it's very good to do a baseline measurement of, to see where the firm is today. So if you could, for example, it's... start 2023 off by figuring out, and even if it's just a ballpark figure, like how much do we pay here? How much did we pay in 2022 to acquire a net new project or bring in a yeah. net new client? Can we improve also, it over time? There's a yeah, it's not just to, how much did we acquire to do that? What's the ROI on the new capability that we've built? I think that needs to come in as well. Because when you're building a new capability, you clearly have to market and build that offering. It's not like you essentially say, yeah, I've built this thing now, and I hope they start you know, giving me work. Yeah. And then point two we had on the list. So, so you've got to understand the business where it's going and where marketing can help push it forward. And once you have this understanding, you have to educate the business on how yes. marketing can help this. You can't yeah. say, like, I, and I was rude to some of the marketing teams yesterday, but they could take it, right? With Germans 
having a German discussion, so that was fine. I told them, look, the problem is you tell me the business doesn't respect you and they don't include you in strategic conversations, but I can see why they don't do it because you discuss LinkedIn likes with them and you discuss share of voice and you discuss the reach of social media. If I'm a, if I'm a, an engineering consultant, I'm fairly busy. I have, I don't understand this necessarily not because I'm stupid, but because I don't have to, and you shouldn't expect me to understand this. What I do understand though, is if I lead the practice, how's my book of business growing, right? Are we hitting those target accounts? What's the size of the deals we bring in? How long does it take? These are the things of stuff. These are the business of stuff I'm interested in. And these are the kind of things you should be able to have a discussion about with me. And then I'll take you seriously. And I, that is, sorry, I'm spending too much time on the point. But, that was no, the but, but it is essentially continuing the conversation and speaking the language that they get, not putting some marketing spiel on it just because yeah. you want to talk about like your metrics, which are not relevant to them. We all are marketers. We all know it's, it starts with talking to and about the prospects problems. And if the business is your prospect, well, their problems are growing growth problems. That's what you're going to talk about. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me put it this way. As a marketer, you've got two jobs on top of all the work you do. You need to market yourself and services better, and you need to communicate that effectively as well. Yeah. If you don't do that, then, I mean, hey, good job of being a marketer to try to do other stuff, but, you, but then you're not applying it where it's needed with the business. Which is, I think, a great segue to the second point on our list, right? Because we heard just time and again, we heard it from Luke, we heard it from we heard it from, I think Mark talked about it, lots of the smart content people we had on. Like everybody essentially says, you need the commitment and support from both the, firm, the practice leadership and the consultants within it, because marketing has to, content ideas, the client insights, the intellectual capital, the expertise has to come from them, meaning they have to step in and sig make significant contributions to your marketing programs. Otherwise, they will never work. Agency yes. model, the outsourcing model, oh, please write free blog posts for me and send them to me so I can quickly approve them without ever reading them in depth. That doesn't work. So you have to build the commitment and the support from the business. And what you just said is exactly how it's done, right? You, if I don't market my efforts, my how I can help and so forth, you'll, nev you'll never get it. People will always see marketing as a distraction. They don't understand it. And the onus to, to educate them is on us as marketers, I th up to a point, right? If, you, <laughs> if they're just resistant to your advice, then okay, maybe move on, work somewhere else. But you can't give up before you even tried, which that seems to be the situation I, I find surprisingly often. People complaining about not being taken seriously. And then if you ask them, well, have you tried? Serious conversation, having serious conversations. <laughs> it's not that. Okay, so let's stop not doing that next year, right? And do yeah. set some time aside to to build back and build that support. Next one is client insight, sales insight. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah, we actually talked about it for a bit this year. It's in order to understand clients better. It's not just like you know, don't throw metrics at them. They don't have time for that. Tell them why this matters. What does it mean? What do clients want? How can they, you know, how would they purchase stuff? What are you looking for? What, how should you sell to them? You need to like come up with clear insights based upon the things that you're doing, based upon what the business is doing as well, because this is where marketing helps connect the whole thing within the entire sales pipeline. You basically say, right, this event, it didn't really work for us. We don't really have any, you know, 
we didn't get anything amazing from this particular event. Let's stop going there next year. Let's stop stop throwing money. Oh, this blog you wrote that didn't give the right kind of traction that we needed. And these insights come slowly, not instantly, because data technically is a snapshot of the past. If the market changes, you also have to put in the caveat that this didn't work at a certain time for certain reasons, and maybe under these other criteria, it might work. Yeah, and I, I and I think that's right. And I think that the two things. So you can't build this kind of insight around what clients think, just in general, right? What the problems are in their business, and then also what, to your point, what they think about the content and so forth you put out. I like the point you made there with the dashboards and stuff. You can't get it from there. You got to talk to the people at least a few times, right? So in twenty twenty three, right? Let's commit. Let's have more conversations with actual clients, actual buyers, and then a bit of a throwback to our episode with the guys from Human, maybe, right? Or with Mark who talked to us about the sales process. Also understand business development in your own firm much better, right? Because that is a that's the closest proxy to client insight. And it's also important to understand how the process works and how marketing can contribute. So not having these types of conversations, so not speaking to clients, not speaking to the BD teams or the sales guys, that, that's, let's drop that. And that's making having these conversations regularly like a thing next year. Next, I put building an effing strategy and writing it down. Do we need to... <laughs> actually discusses it. I feel like I think this it's... is very obvious to people. Yeah. yeah. But I think the one thing that's, again, this goes back to, you have to have the commitment and the support and the actual contributions from the business. Like you, you cannot, like you and I, we can th- sit down and think about what the target segments for a firm could be, mm-hmm. but we don't make the decisions. So you, th- that stuff has to be given to you from the business. You can discuss with them and you can bring your own insight. But at the end, Stuff like segmentation, target buyers, key accounts, right? The pain points we see there. You have to get all of that from the experts. And if you are drawing up buying personas on a whiteboard in a marketing team's office without ever speaking to the consultant, and this is a bit of a mean joke, but I have, I, I do see that happen in cases. Yeah. You are wasting everybody's time because, not to offend you, you are probably too far removed from the business realities to, to make these types of assumptions because that's what they are. They're just assumptions. So build a build effing strategy and do it the right way to get the key inputs from the horse's mouth, I think is the point. Yeah. Offering development. Oh, I didn't. I just put the headline. What was I thinking there? Sorry. Well, you need oh. to connect with offering development for no matter what. Like, that's the other thing. Like, yeah, um, true. I mean, you can actually get a lot of insight from our episode with the guys from Human. But to be fair, when you are, I mean, if you are marketing, you gotta work hand in hand with offering development because ultimately, these offerings are the products that a you know consulting firm or a professional services firm would sell. And if you don't really have an understanding of them, you can't really package them or place them in the right channels and yeah. the right venues. And it's it's an imp- important thing to work with the team because if you're going to start building proposals and everything all these things need to connect it's not just like a it's not like a hey we're just marketing some random stuff here and i think the other thing adam so so speaking to the offering development teams excellent point if you work at a firm that has them in other cases sales enablement exists even for smaller firms but the other point i think that's important to make there is to develop offers in the first place, right? So, like, what's the what, if a prospect is interested and in giving you signals of maybe we are exploring some sort of project? What is the first thing you offer them? It is probably not the customized 
full program that takes two years and costs 12 million, right? You mm -hmm. need entry of it. You need that stuff defined. And again, this is why I wrote, this is similar to value proposition. We touched upon this when discussing the AI suggestions. If you don't have a clear understanding of the buying journey of the sales process and what you offer at the beginning of it, what you offer to someone who's interested in doing more, right? If you don't have these things, what are you going to even do marketing about, right? All that's left for you to do is do brand stuff because you have nothing you can actually sell. Because again, no one buys digital transformation consulting as such. It's not a thing. They need a specific outcome and they might be interested in buying specific solutions, steps, specific things that lead them closer to this outcome. But you have to define those, I think. So if you don't have, for example, an entry offer, like a discovery service, like a workshop format, or for, mm -hmm. for, you know, for fuck's sake, almost like, even a web, even a webinar you can use yeah. regularly in your marketing efforts. That is something to totally, you know, get into place in 2023. Yes. What do we have next? Systems, 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 processes. You get the idea. I won't spend too much time on those because the consultants, the experts have to step in and help you mm -hmm. to fashion the great ideas, the content to deliver some of the programs. And because that's not their primary job, I think you have to do your very best to make it very easy lifting and very efficient for them. Same is obviously true for all the stuff you do in marketing and your team does and so forth. So systematize, right? Build processes, use tools. I mean, I, I have my criticisms of stuff like GPT-3 or other things. But I'm also using them, right? So yeah, and I, mean, I know you are the same, right? So you got to yeah, use there, the systems honest. in the right way. Like, yeah. like treat the, some of these things as tools, not some of the things as replacements. I think that's the thing that needs to be understood. Like, we, we should be there's a time be, and purpose for certain systems. Yeah. We should do an episode on automation or something like that because I feel like there's two aspects of this. You should be using it no matter where you sit, and it's not easy, and it takes time and a bit of, it takes multiple steps. The first steps typically being first building a process that works as such, right? Before you automate it, yeah. there has to be a structure in place. And I think, and that takes time and effort and sometimes budget. So, so in your plans for 2023, maybe it's too late now, but maybe you can start finding ways to carve out that space you need to do these. So to, to invest in your own team and function, right? To sharpen the saw as a as it was, I think that's also something we should start thinking about much more um, in 2023. And I'll include myself in this. I mean, I'm doing bits of it, but there's still a lot of stuff where I could probably do much better if I only took like, I don't know, two hours a week, right? To think about it, work on it three months or something. So yeah, that. And also remember when you, so the important thing to know about automation systems and all these things is if you start like mapping the actual work that you do or the actual process, it feels a lot more complicated than actually doing them. So there's two elements to it. Just because you've read someone's system and process, don't feel that it's overwhelming. It's actually a lot simpler once you get doing. Yeah. And yeah, that's right, right? And that's, that's probably a very good addition to say, thinking about it, maybe finding some time, and then yeah, just like you said, just starting it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, logging, right? you don't have to run super fast at the beginning. You just have to show up every day or every other day or whatever, and then you'll get yeah. the high performance. I mean, oh my God, I our... like some freaking LinkedIn influencer, I'll stop it. Well, uh, I mean, if you want to talk about, yeah. if you want to look at like good automation process and everything, you can always follow Stephen Pope. 
Oh yeah, he's he, well, he's very focused on content and video systems. But I mean, that is a place to start automating. Yes. Stuff. Yeah. Oh. New ideas, creative input, new skills was the last one. Yeah, I, I think. That. Yeah, the one of the things here is. Lots of times, Moxes get very siloed into very specific things. So someone who does campaigns and digital marketing probably just knows that. Someone who does like content probably just knows that. It's more it's more of an issue in bigger firms, but also in smaller firms, because at the end of the day, one person can't do everything. Like, yes, when you're starting off a consultancy and you're the only marketer there, that might be the case. But as you start building out skills, people tend to keep relying on others well, if you don't have a team, they rely on agencies. And the issue here is that professional services, for better or for worse, is very relationship-driven. Relationships are human-based activities, so there's not as much technical skill sometimes being built. And this essentially means that people don't really get out of their comfort zones once they get into a particular career and they just start working on one particular way. And eventually you find yourself so siloed in working in one group that you don't know how to operate other areas. Yeah. And also, if all you do is write the invite emails for events, I'm exaggerating the point of the specialization, right? But that makes you susceptible to stuff like GPT-3 coming in and not writing great invitation emails, but good enough invitation emails yes. for someone to think oh, maybe you know gonna use the bot anyways we should get the engine to we should do next time around we should do an episode where we do follow the bot's instructions just to to serve up something that the robot overlord suggested we do and then we see what performs better yeah. our sort of niche specific rants about stuff no one around the christmas dinner table really understands or the bots <laughs> sort of high-flying generic oh yeah you should utilize digital marketing and everybody nods and says yeah i want to subscribe to this podcast just kidding i think that was it right so that's besides, basically it besides the stuff the gpt3 chatbot gave us and i'm not putting those anywhere because you could get the same ones by asking it about what the biggest mistakes in marketing are. Um, <laughs> we said work towards building the understanding of the business and the clarity around how marketing helps drive yeah. forward. We said, make sure you get the commitment and support from leadership and the consultants because you will need them to drive your stuff, right? Speak to clients, speak to the salespeople, speak to offering development, right? Just get the insights from the horse's mouth, build a fucking strategy and write it down, put some systems in place, and then also, once you've built your bubble and systematized it to a large extent, get out of it at times so you can get new ideas and build skill sets that, that sort of make you resilient for the future, which I'm being told will be completely ruled by the open AI technology and we'll all be at the beach all the time. That, no, there are, like, we can get into that in another episode because I feel like let's leave people with the realization that what you need to do is improve upon the skills that you've got. Make sure that you keep your eyes open for things that you need to do. Follow trends. Use things like AI as tools. And keep yourself relevant in the conversation when it comes to like building the presence of marketing within a firm. Yeah. If you stay silent, you're just going to keep doing some smaller things and as we always keep saying, you need to help build marketing to become a voice at the table, not just become some sort of 
order to take a type person. Yeah. And honestly, I we're, get, we're going a bit long, but I'll add this. I'm not too bleak about the GPTI chatbot and stuff because I mm-hmm. don't see it replace uh, original thinking and strategic marketers in their roles for the particular reason that all it does, what I've seen so far, is regurgitate existing thinking in sometimes clever and yes, usually well-crafted ways. But that's not what your consulting firm needs. Your consulting firm needs just like someone who writes a dissertation for a PhD to add something new and insightful and different to an existing conversation. And those tools can help you do that better and more efficiently. Yeah. So you got to make that job. If if all you're doing is put out clickbaity podcasts, uh, podcasts, <laughs> clickbaity blog posts, which contain the same information about digitally transforming, I don't know, a financial services business, like everybody else's, that, that, also didn't add value in the past, right? So that's cool if that gets automated away or dies. Actually, what that does is create opportunity because if you can work on providing actual, insightful, helpful, new, fresh thinking and perspective for your firm, that'll make differentiation even easier as the rest of the world sort of drowns in AI-generated seas of sameness, for lack of a better word. So I'm sort of... Well, I don't know where I am, but I'm not. But I'm not completely bleak or black. I don't think that's upon us. I think it's a helpful tool up to a certain point, but it's for sure to be handled with care. And I will not sort of downplay the fact that there's probably tasks and places where will where people might be, you know, replaced or have less work or whatnot. That's definitely something we have to have a discussion around. So did I just turn bleak again? <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> and on that, let's see you Thanks guys for listening next throughout year. the year, right? Yeah. See you guys around and have a happy weekend eventually. Stop the recording here for a little while because it's time for a freaking break. I can't wait. Yeah. Be on the other side. See ya. Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us. 